This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. And there is also uh, the story about the concerns right now that the gains in employment that women have had over the last several years may be starting to backtrack a little bit during this time of coronavirus as companies lay off personnel. Janice Palacci, Professor Emeritus of Legal Studies and Business Ethics at the Wharton School, joining us with more on that. Janice, great to talk to you again. Hope you're doing well. Great. Damn, good to talk to you. Thank you. So, I mean, how much of a concern is this right now? The numbers do suggest that uh, that there are more women that are impacted by job loss in the last six months than there have been men. Uh, yes, Dan, it's a big concern. You know, working mothers usually do come under stress. All women, but particularly working mothers, come under stress during normal times. And the pandemic has really put them under stress. And uh, recent Census Bureau study... Uh, showed that women were two to three times as likely as men to not be working uh, due to COVID and childcare. And so if they're not working, um, what does that mean, particularly now that we're starting a school year where there's virtual schooling? Um, well, that mean they really are exiting the labor force. And so we'll have to wait to see, but it's not encouraging. Right. But, but this was something that I guess was seen fairly early on uh, Janice, in terms of the pandemic, as a lot of these mass uh, layoffs were starting to occur, correct? That's right. I mean, the Census Bureau study is is really the first 12 weeks uh, of the pandemic. And so that's why I say now in September, uh, where people, you know, maybe a month ago, they thought, oh, the child's going back to school and I can manage that, maybe some after-school care, whatever. Uh, but in many school districts, that's not what's happening. And so that means uh, usually it's the mother, and that's what all the you know surveys show. Uh, the mother tries to say, "Should I stop working? Should I go part time? What should I do?" And that really hurts to either stop working or even go part time hurts you in the labor force. So um, unless this is a short-lived, uh, you know, pandemic, and we get a vaccine real soon, uh, it's, it means that in the long term, women really will suffer uh, from this. Right. And, and, and I guess the, the, the bigger question also uh, is that longer term impact, because even with a, a, a potential vaccine, which, you know, could uh, wait until late into the fall, if not the winter time, you're still talking about what a nine month window of job loss that is significantly different than maybe what we've seen in other uh, traditional, uh, you know, times of crisis and times of recession. I think so. Um, firstly, as we go back to work, those who, for whatever reason, can't go back to work will lose out. I mean, others are. They will have the jobs. They'll have the promotions. Uh, they'll have more seniority in case there are future layoffs. Um, so for all these reasons, a nine-month exit from the labor force will hurt a woman in the long term. I mean, that's what surveys, for the, not surveys, but academic research in the last 20 or 30 years has shown that leaving the labor force because of child care hurts a woman's uh, career earnings, her pension savings, I could go on and on in the long term. So what needs to be, I guess, what needs to be addressed, Janice, and, and how do you go about doing it to try and uh, change around, you know, bring these numbers back the other other direction? 
Well, I think as soon as possible, there have to be some maybe temporary and extraordinary measures to provide child care. For instance, you know, women who work have figured out what to do in summertime when the schools are closed. They patch things together. There are camps, whatever. You know, churches, um, various associations have, have summer camps. Maybe we need something like that now where communities come together and can provide some form as a stopgap measure of child care so that women don't have to exit the labor force. We're joined by Janice Bellacci, Professor Emeritus of Legal Studies and Business Ethics. Uh, how much concern is there, uh, Janice, that not only is this trend something that is obviously occurring in part because of the pandemic, but that it may very well uh, continue uh, once we get a vaccine and, and you know, it becomes a pattern that kind of resembles what the, the job prospects were for women going back 20, 30 years? There is some concern only because, and lots of people haven't noticed this, the labor force participation rate of women over the last 15 years has actually slipped. It's not increased. It's slipped a bit. And in looking at it, some uh, research indicates that it's this problem of lack of affordable child care. Let's be blunt. Uh, Especially for single mothers, if one is in the lower paid categories, Child care is very expensive. It is usually, um, they often, people often think it's better to stop working. My whole income is, is going to child care. Uh, and so we as a country have not addressed what you do, particularly uh, for children under five, but even under eight. I mean, most people would not leave a seven-year-old alone at home for several hours. So uh, we don't have a national policy or statewide policy on that, and those strains are beginning to show. I'd add one thing here. The United, in the United States, 23% of children live in a single-parent household. Yeah. Uh, that's the highest percentage in, in the developed countries. So it just shows you it is a big part of the population, at least the child population, uh, that are in households that face uh, this issue. Janice Balacci joining us, who's Professor Emeritus of Legal Studies and Business Ethics at, at the Wharton School. You mentioned about the caregiving uh, element of this uh, with children, but there is also the caregiving element uh, with the elderly as well. And, and that's been an issue that's been brought up quite a bit in the last couple of years. And, and obviously, I think it's exacerbated here during this time of the coronavirus, especially when you know that older individuals are more susceptible to begin with. Oh, yes, it is. In fact, I would say that when one looks, these are based on surveys. This is difficult to get out of, like, the Bureau of Labor Statistics. But if you wonder how uh, a lower-paid woman, single mother, is actually managing to work, um, she's often calling on her family, which means her mother or maybe aunts. They are older. And in this particular time, because of COVID, people are very reluctant to have older family members um, you know, leave their homes, take public transportation, maybe to come to watch the children. So their network of how they would, you know, patch things together is falling apart. And it's and it is because partly there could be elder care if the older person's ill, but there's also this concern that you shouldn't put that older relative at risk. Do we need, and we as a country need to look at, at you know reestablishing, bringing forward 
uh, even more types of programs that will be able to develop skills as we move forward. And I say that because, you know, there's a good portion of women that work in the hospitality industry, whether it be hotels, restaurants, et cetera. And in many cases, a lot of those jobs are either going to be cut or those locations are shut down and are not going to be reopening. So we need to take those people and move them to the next phase of their working life. Uh, That's correct. In fact, if one looks at where women are employed, one reason why they have been harder hit right now is because many of them are in the types of jobs uh, that cannot be done at home. In other words, just like you're saying, they're in leisure, hospitality, retail services. You have to be at work. But some of these jobs, let's take um, a retail store that's all over, like CVS or Rite Aid. Um, As we know, many companies uh, now are turning to automated Oh, checkout so that you don't need uh, check checkout personnel. Well, those are the jobs that many women would take, and they're in their neighborhoods, so it's convenient and not a long commute. What will happen to those women? They do need income. So you do you present the issue very clearly of how do you upskill people, and particularly people who are you know not 22 years old, but they're now 36 years old. Right. And as a country, we. We've not been that good on that. Sure. Um, it, yeah. it occurs in other ways, but but that's a challenge, and we have to respond because we are changing. We're going to a digital economy so yeah. quickly. We have to think of how we reskill people. Janice, thanks very much for your time. All the best. Thank you for your input. Right. Bye now. Thank you, Janice Balacci, Professor Emeritus of Legal Studies and Business Ethics at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.